Grace to you and peace from God and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. For a number of years, I owned a pop-up camper. It was a means by which I got outdoors and yet still had some of the comforts of home. Well, a four-inch foam mattress is not quite as good as the bed in my bedroom. And a secure shelter up off the ground in case of rain. My favorite spots to camp had some distance from the camper next to me. In other words, the site was somewhat removed. One was Shoal Creek Campground site number 55 at Lake Lanier. Just 45 minutes from Atlanta, I spent many nights there on weekends. In fact, for a time I would go up on Friday being day off, I'd go up Thursday evening, come back into Atlanta on, in, on Sunday morning, do my job, and then go back for the rest of the day of relaxation. Those were nice places. However, summer vacation sites and sites maybe in the wintertime at the beach were oftentimes in what are known as family campgrounds, either in the Smoky Mountains or somewhere on the coast. And there the sites are much, much closer. It was during these trips that I decided that if I ever continued my education, I would build my thesis uh, around this theme, the breakdown of family systems during a stay in family campgrounds. <laughs> My theory would have been based on this beginning and then research. All families have rules, regulations, and systems that they live by on a daily basis that keep an equilibrium in the system. When the context changes significantly for the family, that is, a family placed in a small cramped camper as opposed to a large house, and that camper is parked in a strange place with many unknown and somewhat strange people around, the system is knocked out of equilibrium. This loss of equilibrium allows for any number of things to happen, including, but not limited to, absolute chaos. That's where my work would have begun, and the resources uh, for this investigation and the collection of data would have been endless. If you ever have spent a night in the KOA campground in Pigeon Forge, Ford, Forge in the middle of the summer, you know that I speak the truth. Somebody after 9 o'clock said, I spent a night in a hotel room in Pigeon Forge, and I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Let me give you another way to look at this, which might be more a part of your personal experience. Any pastor, any pastor, will tell you that weddings and funerals have the powerful ability to bring out the best and or the worst in families. Usually the weddings are the worst. The system has been changed. It's overturned. There's grief in the, in the time of death. A new person in the family, maybe he's not liked by everybody or she is not what mama wanted for her son. And things get out of, out of whack. I'm sure, I, I'm sure we've all experienced that at one time or another in the life of our families, if not a wedding or a funeral, then a Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner. So, how do we do this? How do we keep the balance? We've heard this morning in the epistle and the gospel lessons related to how members of a Christian community are to live together. St. Paul is continuing in his teaching on how to live in community 
as followers of Jesus. At this point in his gospel, to the, I mean, his epistle to the Romans, he boils down his teaching to one word, to one word, love. Owe no one anything except to love one another. And the commandments are summed up in this word, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor and love yourself. Owe no one anything except to love one another. That's easy. Love is easy, right? It isn't that easy. I don't know of a single person who has tried to live in a community, a household, or a relationship that at some point hasn't experienced some kind of conflict or difficulty in which some degree of brokenness has occurred. It's just our human nature. We're fallen, broken human human beings, and we get into conflict. Now, if you really want to experience brokenness, experience um, a church fight, a really good church fight. If you had this experience, I have. I have. I have been there. I have done that. I even have a few scars to show for it. In the midst of a fight like I'm speaking of, there's some of the most unchristlike behavior that I have ever seen. Rumors and gossip and half truths and things that were said and done that needed to be confessed and forgiven. The problem with a rumor. If you, The problem with a rumor is there's just enough truth in it to believe. And they can get nasty. If you've been there, you know of what I speak. But in the midst of this brokenness, in the midst of the struggle and strife, we are called to be reconcilers. And how do we do that? How how do we as followers of Jesus work to bring the community back into wholeness, back into health? Just above this lesson from St. Paul, just a few verses before it, St. Paul admonishes us with these words. So far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. How do we do that? Love. But it isn't easy. People are people, struggling, broken, and sometimes we can be downright mean and sinful. Today's gospel lesson follows the parable of the lost sheep. We all know that one fairly well. A shepherd has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost. And the shepherd leaves the ninety-nine to go and find the one. And when the shepherd finds the one, it's not admonition. It's not anything other than rejoicing. The shepherd loves the sheep. Just as God loves us and searches for us when we have strayed, just as God loves us even when we're angry, when we're in a broken situation, and comes and looks for us to lead us back to where we need to be. So when we are so lost in the midst of a controversy, a broken relationship, we can first trust in God, that God is there with us. But let's listen to what Jesus is teaching about. He's saying if a member of the community sins against you, then it is your responsibility to go and try to set it right. You don't sit around and wait for somebody to come to you. 
if they've made you angry or hurt your feelings. And I don't mean the kind of hurt that is a part of our lives where we try to manipulate the other person back into what we want them to be or how we want them to be. I'm talking about the hurt that wounds you deeply. You don't just hold a grudge or stay angry or, as the old saying goes, don't get mad, get even. It is our responsibility if we are the one who's been sinned against to go and try to reconcile the situation. Go to them one-on-one, not to embarrass them, but to try to lay things aside, to try to resolve it. And if that doesn't work, then we are called to take a witness or two with us and lay the matter before somebody else and let them hear and see what's going on. Just as a married couple who's having difficulty or a partner couple goes to a counselor so that a third person can hear and see what's happening and reflect back what's going on and maybe even be able to make a suggestion how, as to how the relationship can be healed, how it can be improved, how it can be forgiven. And if that doesn't work, then you're supposed to bring it to the church. Now, I've never, well, actually, I said that at 9 o'clock. And since then, I have remembered that I have been in the midst of a couple of those. And then if the church doesn't listen, or they don't listen to what the church has to say, excuse me, then you're supposed to leave it alone. Let it go. Give it to God. Not carry it with you for the rest of your life. So, first you go to the person one-on-one. Then you take witness, a counselor, a helper, and bring it to the church, those three steps. And if it doesn't work, then it's time to turn it loose, time to let it go. Living and acting in love isn't always easy. We know that. But it is the hope and the goal of all who follow Jesus. We're called to be reconcilers. Whether we're the offender or we've been offended, we're still called to be reconcilers. Forgiveness, healing, and reconciliation are not just the work of the individual. It's also the work of the gathered community. Living and acting in love keeps the peace, if you will, in the campground. The campground of the community, the campground of the household, the campground of the neighborhood. And it helps the kingdom of God to break into our own lives, to the lives about us, and into the world. One of my favorite church banners, which I believe is a paraphrase of one of the great saints, um, is this. It was set with a rainbow. He came in love. He lived in love. He died in love. He rose in love. If the song is to continue... We must do the singing. We must do the singing. Sisters and brothers in Christ, join in the marvelous song of love. Amen.